So how do you achieve financial freedom, gain wealth, and live life on your terms? That is the question, and here is the answer. I'm A.G. Osborne. Welcome to Cash Flow to Freedom. Welcome, everybody, to Cash Flow to Freedom, the podcast where we get to talk about everything finance, financial freedom, and whatever else me and Rock want to talk about. So (laughs) we have an awesome guest today. Um, He's one that I know so many of you guys uh, already know. Uh, He's a friend of mine. He's just, I've been so impressed with him. Uh, Everything he's accomplished. We're looking at uh, doing some deals together and working on it right now. Uh, But he's Rob Bailey. And uh, a lot of you may know him from anything from YouTube or his music or Flag North Fell, his company, or seen him on social media, everything he's doing. He is just killing it on everything and on every level. I think this is going to be just an awesome podcast, and uh, we don't want to waste much time. So with that, we're going to bring him straight in. How's it going, man? Hey, good, man. How are you guys? Doing good. Great. You up in uh, Whitefish right now? Or? White, yeah, Whitefish, Montana. Yep. Nice. It's har- horrible here. Yeah, just a terribly ugly Dude, place. Just Stay away. <laughs> <laughs> stay away. It's, uh, it's get, yeah, it's getting interesting up here. Everybody... Uh, I've started buying Airbnbs and um, they're, it's no longer a thing. I can't afford any more houses. They're just realtors are selling houses without people even looking at them. Like it's, you know, they're trying to, I think, flee the coasts and they're seeing yes. Montana as like, Oh, it's going to be safe there for longer. So yeah, we're seeing the weird, same weird world thing, man. It's, you know, uh, up in Idaho throughout the entire state. And it's, I mean, it, it, it seems like it's just bonkers. I mean, real estate prices, what they're doing. Yep. There's no inventory on the market. You can't find it. I mean, houses are flying, just gone. It makes it hard yep. when you're, yeah, like you said, you're trying to do Airbnbs. I mean, Rock's been trying to get more duplexes you, and multifamily. Yeah, and some of that, like I bought a duplex five years ago for like 150. You couldn't mm-hmm. buy that duplex for 400 now. That, like that's how crazy the, the market's been reacting. And it's, it is your right. Does the rent match up? Because, I mean, that's the same thing here. I can buy properties, but they want to pay $1,200 for rent, and, and the house is going to cost me $800,000. It's like, it doesn't make sense. Exactly. And, and it's it's, okay. it's also because the industry, like, we don't have, like, that those those big companies that are yeah. um, providing those salaries. Like, we, we still yeah. have that median $45,000, 50000 a year. And, yep. yeah, I mean – it works because I think a lot of what we're seeing is California investors yes. moving their money, buying all cash. So they don't really care if, if their returns are five or six percent uh, cap rate, you know. And yeah. Whereas, like that doesn't work for a lot of people that are just trying to get yeah. into it or or make yeah. a good return. Yeah, you got those coastal markets, like you said. It, I mean, it's it's kind of a life hack. You got these yeah. people in Seattle and California that are selling their twelve hundred dollar home or twelve hundred square foot home for a million bucks, and they're coming up here to. Montana and Idaho and places like that. They're buying the biggest house on the market. They're paying it in cash. And that is just fueled the real estate price. But it, it, it creates a disconnect to the incomes and what people can pay for rent. And so, um, it, you know, Boise was an interesting scenario. And I know like Montana's the same way. The ratio of multifamily to the pop- population was very skewed. Like if you're in normal markets, like you're from back east or even mm-hmm. Texas and, and California and everything, you got around 30% of the housing would be multifamily rentals or, or, or yeah. rentals, period. Um, in Boise, literally five, six years ago, it was less 
than I think 10% of the entire market. Um, And so when that skyrocketing price and equities that have happened, it's just created this massive demand where now people need to rent and there's no rentals, but it's crazy. But you know, we got back up here, man. Tell, tell, tell our listeners that don't know you, which if you don't just pause and Google and then, you know, (laughs) but (laughs) before, uh, before we even get into that, uh, tell our listeners, tell them a little bit about you. Tell, tell them who you are, where you come from. So I uh, grew up in Pennsylvania, uh, grew up being very creative because I was, I was alone a lot. Um, I lived in the woods. My mom slept during the day. She was a nurse. So I didn't really have like friends to hang out with. There was no social media. So I just had to like keep myself busy. Um, I started sewing at the age of like six or seven. Um, when I went to high school, I started making my own clothes because I didn't have enough money to buy like cool, like back in the day, Jinkos and like the big parachute pants were very yeah, popular. Yeah. So I just, I just started making my own. I was into the punk and hardcore scene. So I started doing a lot of that stuff, but I was also very athletic um, and grew up with a, a bunch of dreams. Uh, ended up going to college. I played football at Westchester University um, in, on the East Coast and didn't... I sort of started like lose my dreams slowly, but surely. Um, and then dropped out of, dropped out of normal college, went to art school, dropped out of art school and ended up, uh, working as a designer at QVC, the, uh, the television shopping yeah. network. Yeah. Thing. So, uh, <laughs> which, you know, weird, yeah, weird for that... me, but I think I spent four years there and, um, and what were you designing? I, so, I, so they they were trying to grow their website at the time because they they were realizing that the television model was sort of falling behind. So they're doing a few things. They were trying to make the television model a little cleaner, and they were you know they kept imagining these things where you could buy with your remote, and so they they were way ahead of that, but it wasn't really happening. On the backside, they were trying to do um, the a website, you know. So the website was, I think it was like top 10. When I worked there, it was like top 10 in the world. Like it was like, I remember being surprised when I saw the stats and I was like, wait, what? But you know, yeah. um, there's there's that culture in America that I'm not familiar with that was just loving it. <laughs> yeah. And um, so I did that. And uh, so I pretty much, I, I did cooking and dining. Um, I did beauty. And then every once in a while, they'd throw me like a fitness thing because they knew I worked out. Um so I would, you know, our direct photo shoots, line up video shoots with hosts and things like that, um, pitch conceptual ideas, uh, work with vendors, work with uh, the sales team and sort of go back to creative, create an ad for it and launch it online. And then um, I did that for four years. And what I didn't realize at the time, but it taught me how to see a product come in, figure out how to market a product, how to present the product to a customer base to buy it and then how to implement it online. And I really sort of lucked out. It was like the boringest job ever, but it really gave me like the tools. After that, I tied up with a guy who was creating a project who was, he was a, an evil businessman. Um, he, he was one of the business dudes that he would go in, he would go into a project and he would create a contract that was set out to screw his partner from the start. Oh, and I watched him do this with everyone. And I was like, wow, man, is this how it? he's like, yeah, man, it's business. I was like, oh, but you're entering a long-term relationship with this guy with the intent yeah. of throwing him out in a year and stealing everything he has. He's like, yep, that's how business works. I was like, whoa. Ooh. So I, I watched that for a little bit. 
not realizing that like eventually it was going to happen to me. And then I eventually got thrown out, which was no big deal. Um, so it put me in a, in a place where I was just dead broke. He had sort of, I don't, once again, I don't want to bring too much attention to it, but he sort of screwed me over a lot. Yeah. I was yeah. down to zero on my bank account. And my wife was starting to become a bodybuilder, which when most people hear your wife's a bodybuilder, they have an image in their head. And I promise you, that's not the image of her. She's, um, she's natural. She's been doing it for 12 or 13 years now. She still looks very attractive. She, she's not like ruined. Like some people, I think. Yeah. Think of, no, not, not at all. Ruins or, but she no, no, I know exactly what you're saying. Yeah. 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 You got, you, right you got the videos behind you. Yeah. No, not at all though. She, she's, yeah. uh, you know, exactly what you're saying. She's a hundred and, and maybe 30 pounds right now. She's uh she's super cool. And she was like a new fresh face to the industry. So what we started doing was um, the industry was not having us at all. The industry, anytime I pitched her to anyone and I was doing photography and video for her and putting together decent packages, trying to pitch her to sponsors and the sponsors just responded back with like, Hey man, this isn't our image. Like we don't really know what to do. Her hair's too short. Uh, she doesn't have uh, breasts. She looks masculine. She trains too hard. She listens to hardcore music. Like she's a little obnoxious. Like she's just not our scene. And just, I mean, turned down brand after brand after brand. And I was like, well, I don't understand why no one sees what I see, you know? And then same thing in the industry, she wasn't winning. So I took it upon myself to sort of be her, you know, her marketing director and her creative team. So pretty much started doing video photography, uh, sort of managing her social media and just putting her out there as much as possible. And she gained traction instantly. I mean, she went from a no one to like one of the first internet influencers, like prior to, uh, Instagram, it, I guess this would have been my space. Ooh. Wow. So she was really popular in my space. Yeah. Um, I started putting up YouTube videos of her and this is when YouTube first came out. So maybe the year 2000, I mean, nine, maybe 2009, I'm not good with years, but I mean, I was putting out, I was putting out videos where they were getting like 20,000 views in the first week. And I was like, oh, this is way more than any of these brands are doing. And then in line with that, um, seeing the evil businessman, and I sort of like learned the hard way of business school and then learning what I took from freelance and QVC, I started my own line called Flagner Fail. Um, which was a hand-printed clothing line. I only had $400. So I bought $400 in product. I hand-printed it. I uh, used the fact that it was extremely limited. It was hand-printed. Everything had imperfections. So it was just very unique. And we created a product that sort of the fitness industry had not seen. You know, it, it had been done in other industries. Like, um, I don't know if you guys remember, like Mesquine. Um, from Philly back in the day, he used to sort of hand decorate shirts and sell them for a lot. Yeah, yeah. Um, it would sell out instantly, sort of like the Supreme model now. Yeah. And we we fell into the brand where because I was doing everything, I didn't know how to web develop. I didn't I didn't really I was doing everything. So if I had a thousand people come to my website, my website would crash, and it would be down for like twenty minutes. So I'm looking at that as like this is a catastrophe. You know, yeah. I have a thousand people that want to buy right now, and my website's just loading. For, so I'm like panicking, I'm freaking out, I'm putting up like, I'm sorry messages. And looking back on it now, it's like, well, no, that's what built the brand. You know, people would, dude, they would sign on and load up their cart and then buy it all. And people were buying five bags and then listing them on eBay before they even received them. Like, so there's this really cool hype around the brand. In the same respect, 
Dana sort of kept climbing around the industry until she got to the top, which she won Miss Olympia. And I think she's one of the most famous females still to date in the industry or well-respected fame's a weird thing now. Um, but, you know, we just sort of did everything on our own. We built this brand. And then once the Flagner Fail brand clicked and I sort of realized this is how you make a product. This is how you make people believe in a product. You tell a story. This is somewhat how you manage staff. And this is how you bring something to market, how you ship everything. I realized that I could start some other brands. So we started a brand called Run Everything, which is a, uh, a supplement line. Um, We've started uh, DLB Daily, which is like an online uh, subscription site that's only $7 a month where she puts out a workout every day. She puts out daily content and sort of like leads you through your workout, which since the home workouts, since everyone's quarantined, well, some people are quarantined. She's now doing like a dumbbell only workout, a workout with no weight in your living room and then a gym workout. So if you don't know what to do right now in quarantine. Yeah. So, so we picked up a lot of members. I mean, there's a lot of other competition on the market. Right. I think that one of the things we face with her is being that she is a female, a lot of men don't want to follow a female. And then we also run into the problem that she's a very muscular female. So even though she's an expert, I think she scares off a lot of girls that are like, Whoa, I don't want to look like that. And it's like, well, don't worry. You'll never look like this. This is literally 12 years never taking a break and being on diet every single day like but you know instead of looking at the expert and saying like they can mold it to me i think so it's it's a little limiting but we did see a giant spike in that um i have a couple other brands that i'm sort of like a silent partner on um that i do a lot of the you know fulfillment formulation uh sourcing you know website build out help with creative digital advertising everything like that that I'm good at that. So I, I support a lot of other brands. Uh, I just bought a fitness expo in Utah. Um, oh, really? Is yeah. It, so FitCon? FitCon. Yeah. 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 FitCon, oh, yeah. Super pumped about that. Super pumped. Um, we just bought that, which is a weird time. Awesome. Um, being that all expos are canceled, but uh, I sort of have a lot of pride in the fact that we're moving it outside. We're taking precautions and we're still doing it. Yeah. So I don't think everyone's going to fly in, but I think we're going to make a pretty decent impact in Utah. Uh, we moved it outside the city. So it's, um, we're, our rules are a little bit more lax and, and we're going to have like a water park. We have shade tents. Um, we're doing a digital expo, which, um, other industries have done like Comic-Con has done, um, to where, you know, you have digital rooms, a lot like the zoom rooms that you can come into and you can witness the expo. You can get promo codes. You can sort of get the sample pack. You can get everything that you get from an expo and you can live in Germany. Um, you can do one-on-ones with athletes. You can, you know, recorded one-on-ones that you get to keep, you know, so it's a little more interactive than the normal photo. So we're doing a lot of really cool things with that. Uh, what else do I own? I'm, I'm in a band. Yeah. Um, which is very strange. Uh, I'm actually, I guess two bands now. Um, same thing. It was, that was just working around an obstacle. That was, uh, maybe the year 2012 or 13. Um, YouTube started demonetizing my videos. So we were making maybe four to $5,000 a month on Dana's YouTube through, uh, AdSense. And all of a sudden it just went away and the video started getting blocked. And I was like, what's going on? They were like, well, you're using pantera asshole like you can't (laughs) just use music so i saw so i was like well what do i do i like i do everything else i'll just make it so we made a song called work hustle kill okay hold hold on 
That's so they demonetize you because you were using other people's music, and you just thought, "Oh, that's fine. I'll, I'll just make, I'll go make my own. I'll just music. make my own music." And that song's that's dope. what I've done with everything. Like work hustle kill. No, like that was 20, <laughs> that was that's the shit. No, like, like seriously, yeah. I'm a huge yeah. uh, skier. I like extreme sports. I like you know base jumping, speed fly, things like that. And uh, I had a buddy that was out, and he's like, "Oh yeah, this is this is what I listen to every time before I get ready to go to the mountain." Yeah. And I heard that song, and I was like. Who the crap is this? This is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. We, uh, we sort of took a different approach to music on that and we didn't. So we started making the music so that we could use in the background of videos. And our original one was, um, it was like an animal video, which is a supplement line. And I remember I made the video. I edited it that day and I got up that night, which animal then blocked me from coming to their, to their events because I would put out content so fast that their guys would take a week to put it out and my video would get all the traction. So what I found out was if you're creating content and you beat everyone to the market, you know, a lot like unfortunately the mainstream media right now, but if you're first, if you're first to the internet with it, you're, you're in charge of the branding of the event. You know what I mean? And they saw that and they were like, Hey Rob, you're not allowed to film anymore. What? Like, these views are getting a quarter million views. These videos are getting a quarter million views in the first week. So instead of working with me, they sort of blocked me, which it's fine. But people took the audio from the video, downloaded it, looped it, and then put it up on the bodybuilding.com forums as like a free download. Mm -hmm. So my Google alerts started going off with my name. And I was like, wait, people want to hear this music. So we released the single on iTunes. We did like 1,200 downloads the first month, which you get 70 cents per download. So we got to check for $1,000. And I was like, wait a minute. (laughs) That is insane. Like, it wasn't about the money, but it was more about like the fact that like, wait, people like our music? Like, they'll go pay for it? So we came out with a full album uh, called Battle Tested. And one of the things we tried to do, thank you, thank you. One of the things we tried to do with that is we looked at it not as... I think a normal band where you're like, let's make songs. I was like, well, when I lift weights, I like intensity. I like everything being said in first person because I want to repeat it. You know, I want to sing along and I want to pretend like I'm the hero. Like I'm like, I am the superhero right now. I'm going to lift this weight. So like, you know, it not like we, I don't want to hear, we can't be stopped. I want to hear, I can't be stopped. Yeah. So I tried to make it for the person that's listening in their headphones and we made it very intense. We made it very uh, motivational without being corny and um, just very aggressive. Yeah. We also made it very repetitive because a lot of times when I train, the parts in the songs that I like are this, it's where it's, yes. it's like building or it's going over and over and it's just like repeating, repeating, yes. repeating. And it gives you a chance to really get into it. So, well, and two, you don't want to be like, you don't want to be digesting lyrics while you're focusing exactly. on things, right? Yeah. Like, it's like, no, I'm focusing on this, but I want this to be pumping me up to motivate me, everything. I don't want to be sitting here thinking about the words and what the conceptual meaning are, things like that, when you're doing those activities. Yeah. Exactly. Or about something completely arbitrary about fighting with your girlfriend yes. and you might not even have a girlfriend. Like, you know, yes. so <laughs> I kept all those things in mind. I really just tried to make a product that like I wanted. So we made it, we put it out, it hit, hit 13th on the billboard charts, which we didn't have a label. We didn't have anything. And, uh, I mean, generated an enormous amount of income, um, back when music, you were able to buy it. I think we hit like seventh on iTunes, under Armour picked us up. They used us in um, like an Arian Foster commercial. Sports Center started using us. I think 20, 21 something about the quarterbacks on ESPN. 
they used us for the intro song game six of the NBA used us. So like it was the montage of like LeBron dunking with like hungry plants. So it was just, the whole thing was surreal. And I was like, I don't even know how we did this. Um, and we just, so we just kept making album after album. Um, the one good thing about the music that a lot of people complained about, uh, you know, moving to a streaming system because, you know, all the revenue went away. The cool market that we fell into was we're on playlists now. So when people go work out, they work out every single day and you put on your playlist. So where a song like American Woman by Lenny Kravitz, you sort of need to be in like a unique mood yes. to listen to that song. You know what I mean? It's like, yes. oh, you know what would be a great song right now? Is But every single day, no, you're not really in the mood. Yes. But my music, now that we have the gym culture, they go every single day and once a day they play my song. So like our streams are a little inflated, which means more revenue. So it's, it's just kept going. So the music thing has been like a really fun, well, fun, fun thing. You know, thing. it's interesting too, because you didn't just hit the gym culture. You like, it, it went into like this entrepreneurship culture. It, yeah. it, it was like yep. all of a sudden you had like all these young guys yeah. that were wanting to go out and make a name for themselves. And it was like, you're kind of speaking the language, right? And it was like, yeah. get out yep. there, just get it done, you know, figure out a way. And it, it, it's yep. very much your background. It's what you do, right? You're like, yeah. no, I'm just going to go make my own music. Yeah, you no, I'm it. just going to go make my own yeah, company. Yeah. I'm just going to go yeah. do this thing. So Take they, my own photos, model yes. things. Like just, we'll find a workaround. And I think that's something that whenever anyone asks me, like, what's, 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 uh, you know, what's a, a advice you can give to a younger dude? And it's like, hey man, like, Every barrier that I've hit, like we go back to the website. I didn't know a web designer for Flagner Fail. So I made when I made my own website, me, I could have looked at it as a barrier and been like, hey, I don't know how to do this shit. I'm done. But by me trying to do it myself and then it crashing, it defined the brand. And with the music, it's like it, when I hit the barrier of not being able to use it on YouTube, finding a way around that barrier is what defined my music, you know, in the lyrics. And then also the fact that I didn't want any limitations, so I never signed with a label. And I think that every time I seem to hit a barrier, I get really excited because the barrier is like, ooh, if I can get around this, this is what's going to define, add to the branding or define my business. And I think a lot of people don't look at it like that. They look at the barrier and they go straight into victim mentality and they're like, well, this is why I can't do that. You know? Uh -huh. And I think that, I mean, even look at funding. So funding for Flagner Fail, zero money, right? So starting with $400, of course, that's going to sell out instantly. And then when I got that back, I was buying from wholesale sites, but they were like clearance apparel. So like the tank tops would be like three small tank tops, six mediums, two larges, an XL and a 4X. And I'd be like, cool, I'll buy all those. And when I listed them on the site, I didn't tell people that, hey, there's only 12 tank tops for sale because I can only afford 12 tank tops. It would just sell out instantly. And it just created that demand and, and the limited quantities and everything all fed into it. And people just really started to believe into it and buy into it. So instead of looking at having no capital or not being able to make big purchase orders as, you know, a barrier and then being a victim, I looked at it as, well, how do I get around this? And then it defined the brand and it became like my biggest strength in marketing. No, and I think that's, that's, that's what awesome. people need to realize. Yeah. Well, in two, you look at it and I don't care you know, who you are or what situation is. We're all unique. We all have these different situations, but this idea of the obstacle is the way, so to speak, as the name of the, uh, but the book, but, um, 
it, it, I can't even, like, it is so true. I mean, if I look at all my business models that we've done, everything from our service-based businesses to even our uh, real estate play and everything, we don't have a, you know, we're not getting enough deal flow. Okay, well, it looks like we're starting a wholesaling business where we're taking off-market deals. We're doing direct contacting. Well, yep. we need, but in order to do that, we need this. Well, we're starting a call center. Now we've got to do this. You know, you just, you're literally formulating it as you build. And those yep. things all of a sudden become your strength. Then all of a sudden people are like, hey, I want to buy deals from you. Now, all of a sudden, the side thing that you needed to accomplish to get over this barrier is it its own profit thing. Yeah. thing. It's its own profit generator. Yep. And all of a sudden, you're sitting here going, well, holy cow, I just doubled my income. And I was just doing this to make sure I could have an income through that. And that yeah. starts to compound and compound. And all of a sudden, you end up and you're like, man, I own 10 different businesses. And I just was trying <laughs> to do this one thing. You know, I yeah. just, I love that. I think that is just so awesome. Yeah, it's uh, it's really, I think, been my greatest strength. And I think if, if someone le can learn how to do that, that's what makes you. You know what I mean? I think that you can have smart, because I've met a lot of people that are super creative artistically, and they just can't pull it together. And I've met a lot of people that are very smart business-wise, and they know the legal side of it and the financial side, but they can't put anything together. And I think that if, if you have that mixture and you have some resources and when you hit that wall head on, you can pivot. Um, that's that, I think that's the, the superpower in the game. Um, Absolutely. I'm, I'm happy that I, I sort of have seemed to have that. Has that always been your default reaction? Cause a lot of, a lot of people, uh, younger people, yeah. they always, they, they hit that wall and then they just kind of like, this isn't for me. You know, and you, you, you obviously have had that opportunity to hit that wall constantly. Well, not only is always, it for uh, me, it's like a, it's like a, there's this a is, disease. This is set up it's, against It's me. set up against me. Right. There's a system. Yeah. And because of that system, I can never succeed. It's their fault. And then they, I need to go after somebody else. Right. When instead of you blaming, you could have blamed, listen, I had this crappy business partner. Or YouTube, I had this. Yeah. Or Why is YouTube YouTube screwed me. me. Yeah. And all yeah. of a sudden, dude, you literally became a, you, you literally became a rock star <laughs> because YouTube so stopped paying you to me. I, I mean, yeah. no, like, I never would have done it. I never in a million years, if YouTube would have just let me use like Pantera wow. or Sepatora, I would have been fine. But like they blocked me. It's just that mentality. Um, yeah, it's so that's that's a big thing that I still run into because even though I, I feel like I figured that out, you know, we've done a few other things. Like we started a gym, uh, we started a real estate company, a real estate and leasing company, a management company, just all these different things. Now um, we're doing storage. We, yes. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, even that's a pivot. You know what I mean? Yeah. That was, I told you the story on that. Like, that was, I rushed. I wasn't aware that I should take geotech and do perk tests and everything for the land. I completely got screwed on it. And, uh, that was my big thing is I, I got offered to buy it out for the same price that I bought it for. And I turned it down and my trainer was like, Hey man, three weeks ago, you were having like a mental breakdown that you just lost half a million dollars and you got screwed. And you, the buyer was from the seller was from Canada. And he, I think he passed away. I'm not able to go after him. The realtor, everyone just backed away. I was like, sorry, man, you just lost half a million dollars. And I can't sell it now because now I have to disclose that the, you know, all these different things. And, uh, my, my, I got the offer to buy it and I, I or sell it. And I didn't, I decided not to sell it to, to the guy. And, uh, my trainer was like, well, why wouldn't you do that? And I was like, cause I'm not going to, I don't want to lose on this. This isn't like, if I can find a way to run it back, like in basketball, when you get fouled or you miss a shot or like, yeah. like no, nah, run it back. Let's go again. I was like, dude, I'm going to run this back. I'm going to, I'm going to win. I'm going to pivot. I'm going to learn, learn something new and I'm going to win. That's and insane. It, I, and, 
And already I'm looking at it as my Airbnbs got shut down. Um, so I lost three months in Airbnbs, which is like, oh, I think I think I just got the P&L and I lost like $32,000 in three months. No, that's not counting the money that I would have made. I just just get my dick kicked in, still paying the bills, still yeah. paying people to maintain, and just the house is sitting empty because of the lockdown. And now it's like, well, no, this pivot I think is going to clean up that and then also open all new doors, especially with paying attention to what's happening and like the housing market exploding and everything. It's like, no, storage is going to... Storage is going to do something really, really big here. Oh, it's that, 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 yeah, that land purchase is going to make you a lot more than that would. I I love what you just said, said though, especially by the way, throw it back. That is like just the coolest thing ever. I got to hear a bit more about this. So, so you bought this land for an intention that you had originally had, right? So when I moved to Montana, um, I decided to move to Montana within a month. Um, I found the East coast was extremely negative. Yeah. Um, it had taught me like this hustle skill where it's like, Oh, I can work all night. Fuck everything. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm allowed to curse here. Right. Yeah. Go for it. Yeah. Okay, cool. So it was just like, you know, my, my big thing was fuck you kill everything. It was like, just let's mow everyone down and just rip. And I was doing that. I love that skill set that the East coast taught me, but I was finding the more successful I got, the more people just didn't like me. And it it wasn't people that didn't like me because I screwed them over. It was just people just didn't like my success. You know, they weren't doing anything. And it became that like, oh, you're too busy to drink on a Friday night. Well, no, man, I got, I'm traveling. I got work. It's like, oh, so you're too good for us. I was like, wait, no, I'm not too good for you. This is strange. And just, it felt like a very negative atmosphere there. And I, I, I always wanted to retire here. So we decided, hey man, let's just move. So I came out here the first day I was out here, I bought a warehouse, a 17,000 square foot warehouse in cash, like just a really rash decision. Um, moved out to there and then bought this warehouse, which is 10,000 square feet as like an overflow warehouse. And we're just, dude, we're bursting at the seams with 27,000 square feet. So we need more space. So I saw 10 acres come up for sale. And the deal was, so it was 10 acres along the highway for $500,000 which is like crazy. And I'm new here. And I was like, whoa. So I talked to everyone. That's where the drive-in movie theater used to be. And I was like, okay, cool. Like, that seems dope. So I went, I made an offer for, I think, 450 responded back, whatever. I think I got it for like 475 And then I was like, all right, what do I need to do now? I got commercial land. We're like approved commercially. And we did geotech. So they dug down. And I think 60 feet down, they still didn't hit any bedrock or solid land. And I was like, okay, so what does, what does that mean? And like, well, you can't build a 35,000 square foot warehouse here that people occupy every day. I was like, well, why not? And they're like, well, if we have a 6.5 or greater earthquake, and I started to like learn all this stuff. And I realized that, okay, cool. I'll build something else there. You know, like, uh, let me pivot and figure it out. And then I found out that, uh, I didn't do the perk test or the water test, so I can't get approved for sewage until next year. Like, just, it was this thing after thing of like, oh, I'm an amateur. I, I may have had half a million dollars to throw at a project, but I'm an amateur, and I'm, I don't belong here. I need somebody. So, um, but we needed the warehouse built. So we just pretty much let that land sit, and we found uh, another piece of property with a builder, and now we're building our headquarters, our 35,000-square-foot headquarters, so that project's underway, but like now I have that land sitting where 
they told me I wasn't, you're limited in what you can build. You know, you can't have like any high flow bathrooms. Um, we'll get septic next year. I'm positive of that, but it's going to be like a, a minor septic. Um, I can't build any like really heavy structures or anything like that. Um, Cause that, that was the thing was if I go up too high, they were like, you, you just can't support it. We can support small buildings, but it's like, well, what's a small building that can be supported there? You know, like I don't, mm -hmm. so I'm thinking, I was like, well, what about a driving range? But that's only four months out of the year. Mm -hmm. Like we make like a knock, knock off top golf or like, okay, what if we do side-by-side -side rental track or something? And then, you know, eventually came the storage thing. And I talked to the, the civil engineers. I talked to all the guys and like storage would actually be perfect, wow. you know, cause there's not tons of people in there. There's not, uh, you don't need tons of bathrooms. Like it's, they're, they're saying that it's even, it can, you know, it, it's like almost made for that. Yeah. Okay, cool. I, I'll, I'll go into that game. This sounds exciting. Um, but yeah, the same thing that was like same, faced with adversity and just able to pivot okay. out of it. That's Man. so cool. You know, it's, that it's interesting insane. too, because for, for everybody that doesn't know the area that he's in, so you have like Glacier National Park and then you have Whitefish um, and those areas are extremely protected, obviously. Um, yeah. If you've ever been there, you know, it, it's, it's a mind-blowingly gorgeous area. Yep. And so there's right, you fly into an airport and you go up to the main T. This T takes you to Whitefish, which is on the lake as a ski town. It's, it's a resort town, right? And then, yep. or you go the other way that takes you into the city and basically the entrance to Glacier National Park, it is right on the tee. So if you're going to either one of those cities, you're hitting this tee. And when you're at the tee, you're looking forward and just right to the left. This is the sacred. I mean, it's prime spot. So I can only imagine you were, you know, you got that spot. And then to be told you can't do anything on there, go, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> And that's why I made, I made, dude, I, I was like, Hey, I'll do a seven day close all cash. Let's go. Yes. Like, because it was the day it was listed. Everything. Like I didn't see any red flags. I know now, but I didn't see any red flags. I was like, it's been, it's been up for three hours. Let me just go in cash, bully my way in the fastest close possible. And they're like, yes, yes, yes. And I was like, I'm, I'm the greatest. Good thing. I saved up all this money. And then just Boom. <laughs> but but that yeah. that purchase price on ten acres, I mean yeah. you're gonna have a what is that, six hundred units, five hundred units? No, it's not ten, it's fifteen or is it ten? Ten or fifteen. It's ten acres, it's ten two acres. five acre parcels. So we have eighty five thousand square feet on five. Oh yeah. So I mean, you, we could oh, build it wow. and when when we were talking, we were looking at it and saying, Well, we're what we're gonna we, what me and Rob were thinking of doing is you building out, you have the climate control, then you could do normal like drive up. And then in the back, you could do another three acres of just the pull up. So, I mean, you wow. could potentially, potentially have, you know, 130,000, 40,000 square feet on that 500 acres. And if you're doing a buck, a buck 50, Per square, uh, per square foot oh, on man. that, I that, mean, that you know, just prices smoking. Yeah. You, that's a, that's a cash machine depending yeah. <laughs> on building and other things like that. So yeah, it's not bad. No, no. That's it's actually awesome. probably a much better use of the land than what you even started out for. Right, right. So yeah, a big stupid warehouse that, yeah, no, I, I, mean, I agree. Wow. And That's now just... that the, the other warehouse is being built, it's in a better location. Um, 
we actually have room now to build two buildings. So it's, it's going to work out great. It's my first, like, it's my first construction job. I've never built anything before. So same thing. It's like forcing me into this world of learning that and forming relationships with builders. So I love it, man. I love every single time we run into something. I, I it's just, I love having to find a way around it because I'm going to build a new skill set, and it's, it's going to work out. And you asked me why, like if I always had that, I grew up and my mom just, my mom told me I was great at everything. Like she was one of those moms where anything I drew, she was like, you're amazing. You're amazing. So I grew up believing that I was awesome. And then when I graduated, I went to college. Um, I, I still had that thought that, Hey, I can do anything, but I started to lose it. And then when I started uh, Flagner fail and I really started taking risks and like putting myself out there, those little victories, I realized that the more confident I was going into it, the better the outcome would be. So now every time I go into anything, it's, I can do whatever I want. Like people, people think I'm crazy, but they're like, well, you can't play in the NBA. Like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm 37. I'm 250 pounds right now in white, but I could, I I could, (laughs) you don't believe that. I'm like, no, I believe that. Yeah. Like yeah. I started training and, and I think that I have the belief that I could get there. Now, could I actually play in the NBA? No, but I know if I applied myself and I loved basketball that much, I could end up making a really good salary in that industry as close as I could possibly get to court side, maybe not playing on the court, but right next to it. And I, yeah. I could be living my dream. So I know that if I focus, I can get there. And with that being said, back to the victim mentality is I always look back in any situation that I have and I make sure that I'm not being a victim, you know? So if, if I'm having an issue with my employees and I don't think they're working hard enough or they're, they're headed in the wrong direction or they don't seem motivated, I always make sure that I'm not like, Oh man, I wish I just had better employees. I'm like, no, 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 no. This is my fault. And it's that, it's that like Jocko extreme ownership, just making sure that I'm not a victim. And that gives me the confidence that, oh no, since I'm in control of everything, since everything is my fault or everything is my responsibility, I, like I have to win. And then when I do win, it just backs me up and it's just, it's just like snowball. So I, I want to reinforce this and, and kind of what you're saying, because a lot of people, you see false confidence where they think they're better than other people, where they think that they're, they're like God's gift to man or something like that. And that's yeah. not what you're talking about at all. And it, it's, it's really strange because so when no, I, no. like, because unless you've like really talked to you and understand when, when I, when I was coming out of the uh, hospital, um, you know, I had to relearn to walk and everything else. And I would actually listen to your music. And so I'd listen to your music. Cause I'm like, every step that I took was like walking on shattered legs. And so it was so immensely painful, even on all the pain meds and everything else. So like I had to be a hundred percent in the zone just to try to learn to walk, even with my leg braces and everything else. So I'd be like listening to your music and everything. And and it would just kind of, once again, that idea of focusing. And so I'm sitting here one day and you know, you reach out and you're like, Hey, I want to talk. I was like, that's Rob Bailey reaching out to me. I'm like, that's some <laughs> stupid storage guy. So I, I get on the phone and he's, and, and the first thing you say is, Hey man, I don't want to waste your time. Like I know this, if you want to never mind having a phone conversation, I'm like, what are you, what are you talking about? Like, would I mind having a call? It was this really strange thing. And you just got on the phone and you were more concerned about my time and yes. about being respectful for me. There was no at all. I mean, you were confident and you knew you could do things, but at the same time, you were like, I don't know how to do this. Would you mind helping me? Would you mind showing me? So, I mean, 
it was it, it's it's true confidence. It's not pompous in any way. It's not thinking you don't go to, into something thinking, oh, I can do it. Doesn't matter what anybody says. It doesn't matter if you do it. No, you say I can do this. So I just need to figure out how. Yeah. It's this idea yes. of pivoting. Let's so put you go these I'm, together. Exactly. I'm going to go find the people who can help me. Stuff. You have no problem admitting you don't know something because it doesn't oh, yeah, bother. I'm an you. idiot. I'm not smart. It's, it's, yeah, you don't need <laughs> to be. Smart You're like all. I can figure it out. And a yeah. lot of people confuse, I think, confidence with this pompous. They act like they know things they don't. And those are not the same things. And that pompousness yes. or this idea that I'm better than others or I'm better, that never leads to success. But true confidence, like you're talking about, says I cannot know something and that's totally okay because I can figure it out and there's nothing I can't do. And you can see that in everything that you've done and how you've fueled your businesses as well as your life. And that's just so cool to me. Oh, man. Yeah. No, it, putting, it, putting it together, I think if anyone's listening to this, obviously – if you look at it, every single circumstance that you've been in, none of them have gone the way that everyone thinks it is. Oh, yeah. he must have started that and then it scaled <laughs> and it worked out perfectly. But every yeah. single pivot, you've created something else out of it, which is why we're here. Like you buy this land thinking it's going to be, I'm assuming, like a flag nor fail slash supplement warehouse. Pivot straight into a storage facility building out a, your, your real estate business. It's like most people think – They'll, they'll, they would overanalyze every situation, the analysis paralysis, and they never do anything. Or they'd go back and sue the guy that sold right. the land and it would become victim a victim mentality. mentality. And, and yeah. I think if, like, the obvious lesson is, hey, no matter what, keep pushing. And, you, and, and it, comes, it comes to fruition, but you never stop. You know, that's yeah. the thing. You can't stop. Now, so, I mean, you, you're, you've literally just killed it in everything you've done. What are you, I mean, where's there to go from here? Yeah. You, you've got successful businesses, you're a real estate investor, and you're a rock star. So, um, I mean, the- I know there's not a lot more to go from here, but what are your plans, man? What's next? What, what are you, what's your goals? What are you trying to do? So one of my, one of my big things uh, recently, I don't know if it's been the last year, last two years, but I'm trying to enjoy life a little bit more. Yeah. Um, we, we spent the last... I guess 10 years, 12, 13 years. I think we've been married 13 years and we've spent it traveling, man. So like, Hey, have you ever been to Australia? Yes, I have. And I've been to expo halls in Australia and we, we had a four hour line for six hours and we met a bunch of people. We didn't have any real conversations. And then we flew home because we had to be in Texas for another appearance. So we've been everywhere. We've done everything, but we we're starting to figure out like, Oh, like, no, I want to, if I go to Dubai, I don't want to show up in Dubai for two days and sign autographs. I want to go to Dubai for six days and do four days of like indoor skiing and drive exotic cars through the desert. And like, yeah. we had a big bonfire in the desert. We went up the tallest, we did all that stuff. And then we did two days of signing autographs. So we're trying to make an effort to have a lot more fun. And I think that the biggest thing that I'm trying to like, I actually just reached out to a friend last night and said, Hey man, like, I need your help. I'm starting to do that a lot more. I'm looking at people that are a lot more successful than me and asking for help, you know? Okay. Now, and, how do you do that, though? Okay. This is because I, I got to tell you, I've been having these conversations with, you know, my uh, wife and and our, and our kids of late. Um, as my employees and everybody can attest, um, I literally have shaving stuff. I do have all my hair stuff at the office because I love to work. Yes. I, like, I love it. I love, yeah. love, love it. But that doesn't mean that it's healthy to be working 120 hour work weeks every single week. And so 
I, yeah. I, we're, we're on this thing. And I guess I'm asking this personally because me and my wife are like, we have to be more conscientious of having fun to creating experience. Yes. And we have kids. And when you do this, I mean, it seems like you, you talk about pivoting every time. Like my kids, we didn't like what was going on in the school system. So we just went and bought a little school and we turned it into a, a elementary school, a middle school, high school. We're building buildings, everything else like that. So it's because we keep doing that though. It's like, we don't like yeah. a problem. We just solve it. We're just going to go build the schools. Yeah. And um, yeah. it's, we're like, okay, this is great. And I've loved it. And it's taken us where we are today. And it, it's created all these things and it gets me hyped up and everything. But at the same time I go, I'm 36. I've got a yeah. second chance at life here. I, you know, coming back from areas that we didn't even know would come back as much as I love doing this. And as much as I have fun, I also got to be very as focused on creating a life to, to where I'm enjoying this, uh, the, the ride. Yeah. How did you make that pivot? And what did you guys do? Uh, so one of my big things is we went to Mexico um, earlier this year. I think I don't celebrate things. Um, yeah. It's just either. not, I don't, I don't do it and I don't need to do it. It's yeah. not something I need, but I started to realize that people around me need it. You know, yes. uh, like if my creative team executes black Friday and they murder it, I'm just like, hell yeah, you guys did good. Moving on, let's finish out winter. And they're like, yes. Okay, dope. <laughs> let's like, go again. <laughs> yep. So I, I sort of did like a little experiment. Um, we, we released, let me think, I, I released something. Maybe like, some, I, it doesn't even matter. You know, I think I released like my first uh, metal song. So I'm doing like a little more metalcore music now. And I released that. And the next day we flew to Cabo. Like, I don't, yeah. okay, cool. We released a song that like, it only did maybe a quarter million downloads. Like it wasn't even like this big thing, but I was like, no, I'm going to celebrate this. So I went to Cabo and I was there for like four or five days. And I, I just tried to embrace it. And, uh, I, I just, I found how clear I was able to think, you know, I was in a, I was in a different area and like, I felt like I deserved this and I was having a good time. And the more I had a good time, things started falling in place. Like I, I could see things really clear. So I started looking at, my relaxation, you know, camping, whether I'm sitting around a campfire or I'm taking the boat out, I'm now looking at it as work. So I like sort of tricked yeah. myself. Yeah. So I'm like, oh no, this is, this is almost like my work meditation where I come up with the really big ideas. So for example, uh, I'll, I'll tell you about this brand later. Um, I can't tell you guys now, but when for 4th of July, um, all my friends were in town and like, we were just playing around and all of a sudden I was like, guys, I sort of have like a business idea. Like, let's just run it by you. And it was like just a really fun environment. We were all drinking a little bit. I told them the idea. And they were like, dude, that's brilliant. I was like, yeah, man, I guess sort of. And now we're like starting a business together. And I think like that, that little play around nurturing environment where we're just having a good time and we're super relaxed, things come out of it. You know what yes. I mean? And I think that I, I, I see the value of it for two reasons, but I've tricked myself now to be like, oh, if I go camping when I'm around the campfire at 1145 at night, finishing my last beer before I come in the tent, I'm probably gonna have a really good idea that's gonna be worth like $5 million. I love that. Yeah. So let me go take that chance and let me put in that work of like relaxation meditation because I know how my brain works. Yeah. And if I clear it out a little bit, that big idea will pop to the front. So, I mean, to, to answer your question, I, I'm like, not that I'm lying to myself, but yeah. I've convinced myself that time off is me working because my brain functioning and being creative is actually what 
needs to happen. And like today I'm doing payroll. I'm doing all these things. Like I'm not going to have a good idea. Yeah. I'm just going to execute a bunch of tasks, check all the boxes and then what train and go home and eat and go to sleep. But like, if I was to take the boat out tonight and I'm laying on the boat and it's like flopping around, there's nothing really to think about. There's going to be a really dope idea that pops into my head. So I just try to schedule those times and realize how valuable they are. And then also realize that like, I deserve them and the people around me need them. Yes. Like Dana needs that. She's, I mean, dude, she's been getting her ass kicked in fitness for 13, 14 years now. Like she deserves to go on a boat every once in a while and just chill. I love that. That's just, it's so empowering. And you know, we, we were talking a couple of weeks ago and you you were telling me, you're you're like, yeah, you know, going out, we're going to go to the bounce stuff. And I was like, yeah. So I went home after our conversation. I was like, Babe, maybe we should go up, right? And then, and then we talked like whatever it was a few days later. I'm like, hey, I'm going up too. I'm going to the mountains. So because yeah, of yeah. you, I'm like, yeah, yeah we went I up. Saw that. And, and you know, we went up. It looked awesome. It was. It was awesome. We played on the lake and you know, played yep. with the kids. And when I came back, same thing exactly like you're saying. I was like, oh, we need to do this and this. And I called up Rock because we're starting uh, this other company. And it was last year on these items. And I'm like, dude, I have the new theme for this lineup and this business that we're rolling out and everything. And it was just like you're saying, it was these creative juices started flowing. Well, so crazy. Um, I I called AJ on this building that we're looking to convert into a storage facility. And the way I found it was I was zoning out driving and I drove by it originally. And I looked at it and I was like, that thing hasn't, no one's ever there. And then I looked it up online and then I realized it hit all the check marks for a storage facility. The only building in Idaho that could be a storage facility conversion and we're working through it. And it's just, it's when you said that, I was like, I, I would have never thought about that if I hadn't, yep. like I consciously go on drives because yes. I just get cr- like, I'm like, obviously yeah. we're just thinking all the time, like trying to do stuff and I just have to go drive and it's fun. Yeah. Um, drove by that building and that's how I stumbled that across it. Creative juice. It's crazy. It's yeah. Really yeah. Let the magic happen every yeah. once in a while. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, and we were tying, Got a little sidetracked, but back to, you know, kind of where you're going, what you're accomplishing. Are you planning? You, you've got this other company you're okay. planning on. Are you going to grow real estate? Are you kind of, you know, is, do you have a, a necessarily defined direction with your companies or? So that's, so, so the big thing for me is um, like, we are looking at numbers today and I'm not good at structuring businesses. I'm, I'm horrible. I'm a horrible leader and a horrible boss, fully aware of that. Um, I don't tell people good job. I don't do any of that. Like if they execute, I'm like, yeah, you did your job. What the, you're going to yeah. get your paycheck. Like we promised it's a fair trade. You know, yeah. you do your work. I pay your paycheck and we're even like, what the fuck? Yeah. And uh, like, you know, it's, it's yeah. simple. Like if you go above and beyond, that's when we'll take notice. But even then I'm like, good job. Like, so I'm starting to realize that I'm bad at that. I'm bad at defining people's future because I've never needed my future laid out for me. I've always, I've always seen it in my own head. And I think a lot of people in companies, they need to know where they can grow to. And I haven't set that up clearly for anyone. So I think people are a little under-motivated because they're like, well, I don't even know how to get promoted because what's the position above me? It's so, it's so unattainable. So I, um, I need to learn how to structure businesses better. And then I want to, I want to set up a lot of these businesses so that I can walk away from them. Cause right now I'm still dealing with a lot of day to day. So you know, fly no fail, run everything, DLB daily. Uh, the other companies, some of them run them, themselves. Fitcon still needs me, but only for a few months. Um, 
the music doesn't really need me, but could get a little more traction if I hired some PR firms or anything like that. So I just want to figure out how to maximize my time. And then I, I want to go back to Flagner fail. And I want to, that needs to grow because yeah. that brand was, I mean, it went from the first six months was 168,000. The next year was like 1.5 million. The next year was 3 million. And it was like, it was on this trajectory. And then eventually it got to a point in time where I felt like everything we were putting out, I didn't really like as much. And we were just printing shirts. And I think we were doing maybe like a million dollars a month or something like that and just ripping. And I was like, nope, like, let's pause. Like, let's cap sales at a million. I don't want to do over that. And let's try to get this shit under control because I feel like we're headed in a weird direction. Um, mm -hmm. Looking at a lot of other brands like No Fear and like a lot of those brands that like exploded or like tap out. Like, yeah. granted, they all made so much money, but their brands are now just gone. They and it's sort of like funny. Yeah. Um, and they or they don't evolve, you know, yeah. something like like uh, like Plateau Echo. or Peter like, out. Yeah. Echo was a dope brand and they just didn't really evolve with anything. Yeah. And now they're just vanished. And I didn't want that because I like money, but I also want like a nice legacy. Yes. I don't want to say boutique brand, but like a cool legacy underground brand. Yeah. So I I capped sales for a while and we sort of floated and and, and I think we, we finally got our legs under us where we're, we're crushing cut and sew. Um, I think we're getting, the fabrics are better, the cuts are better, yeah. our, our advertising super crisp, like we're a professional brand and now we just need to hit the gas. And I, I know from experience that before I hit the gas, I need to get my structure right behind the scenes. Yeah. So the building will be done in November. I need to start getting a structure right. And ideally when we step into the building in November, it's just like full on, let's pour every, like nobody, no dividends, no anything. Let's put everything right back into business, yes. get the marketing out there, take some huge risks. And like, I'm really good at building $10 million brands but I don't have anything. I, I've never broken past that. And it's, it's sort of driving me. It keeps me up at night every once yes. in a while. Like I wake up sweating and I'm like, why can't I make any brands go past $10 million? Dude. And what I've done in the past is I just make another brand. I'm like, Oh, here's $10 million. Yeah. And then I'm like, well, there's 50 million. Cause I yeah. have five. No, it's like, I don't want to do that anymore. Like I, I want to take one brand and I want to be like, no, this brand is at a hundred million. And it's, I don't, I don't care about the money. I have everything I've ever needed. Yeah. It's not that. It's about it's, achieving it's, a goal and progress. It's about achieving a goal. Yeah. And progress. And that's, that's where it's at for me. And then like providing for the people that are putting the heart and soul yes. into it. Like they, I want them to have more. Um, yes. Everyone knows I, I love nine elevens. Like I, I'm a huge Porsche fan and like there's three people around me that have them. And it's like, well, no, I want like my whole parking lot. I want everyone to drive yeah. 911s. Like I yeah. want everyone to have that opportunity. And right now we're just not there yeah. because we're, you know, we're, we're stuck at a, a $10 million brand. And that's what the call is later today. It's just like, Hey man, like you're the first person I'm reaching out to. It's actually Andy Frisella, yeah. Um, yeah. first form. So he, he originally called me back when first forms first started. And, he, and, he, and I remember he called me on the phone. He's like, Hey man. Andy Frisella, I own some supplement stores and a brand. Uh, I just want to send you something. So I was like, yeah, man, whatever guy I've never heard of. And he sent me a full palette of first form. Oh, wow. Like, dude, there was the cases of protein were, 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 were I guess, six, six to 12, I think 12 in a box. 
and he sent me like 15 boxes. Like it was more supple. It was, it was four years of supplements for myself. And I was like, who is this guy? And he's like, Hey man, I just really want to pick your brain on how to build culture. Cause you've done a, such a good job building culture. So we started talking, we became friends and I don't see myself as helping him out, but he's always thanked me for helping him. And then he went off dude and he exploded from there. Like he took, you know, he's a smart dude. He learns, he takes it, yeah. he implements and he goes. And uh, that's looking at it now. That's what I need to do. So I need to take what he's done with first form and the structuring. I want to get as much knowledge from him as I can. And then, and some other people figure out how to structure Flagner fail and then just hit go. Yeah. Cause we can, I think, I think there's no reason that we should be stuck here. It's just, it's me. It's yeah. me not making the right decisions and just not being a, a good boss. Well, well and- I, sorry, I, I noticed uh, like over the past because I follow, like I told you, I followed your brand for like eight years, like really since like a, a long time. But and the That's evo- thank you. No, yeah, and the the evolution <laughs> though in the past, like I want to say two years, because I follow your social. You guys kill it. I think uh, yeah, thank you. Your creative guy is is really good, and um, the evolution though of your marketing and your your products has really improved in the past like few years. Because yeah, yeah, you used you. to do like the print, but now you guys are. Like, I don't know, it's, uh, I don't know if it's import or if it's, or if you're actually cutting and sewing locally, but like the quality is up there, like with like the yeah. Lululemon or whatever those types of brands are. So, I mean, yeah. dude, props. I mean, I think you have the foundation. You're right. It's, it's all about structuring. You know, we, Thank uh, you. uh, I'm, uh, been working on a new book and one of the, the whole entire function and purpose of the book is where we call it high impact, uh, the high impact real estate investor. And it's all around exactly kind of the subject that we're talking about. And it's about setting up structures that are indicative of the, that allow you to focus on the, only the things that will generate the highest impact on your business and business models. And uh, I, I speak on this a lot and I, you know, Brandon Turner, who maybe write your first book and now write the second book, but it's, he really wanted me to focus on this because when, you know, how you go from that, you know, and we talk, me and Rock talk about this all this time. There's, there's like these ceilings and you have the, this first million, five million, and then you have a 10 million. And then it seems mm. to go to a hundred million, right? And so. Yeah, it just jumps. It, it just jumps, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And so I hit that hundred million mark and it was like, okay, I got to take this to the next level and everything. So I spent a huge amount of time like, okay, we've got to change the structure. Like we got to totally rebuild this. And with the idea of if I'm analyzing all the tasks, all the jobs and what those things, the output of those functions and decisions, I found I was spending time on outputs that never moved the needle at all. They would not even move the needle. So unless it fundamentally changed the structure, the structure of the business to allow for the highest impact decisions, those 10% that really move the needle, um, I was either going to automate, I was going to hire, or I was going to get rid of those functionalities in my business and my business model. And from there, it opened up all these other doors and it, and it started creating these structures that are going to take us to the next level. And some of the, some of the times those answers are not things we want, right? It's like, Oh, yeah. I got to do more. I got to do whatever it wants. But it was the fact that I could figure those things out and I was devoting time, energy, and surrounding myself with people that could help me make those decisions, like you said. And yes. now we have an outlay and a structure that I think will take us to a half a billion. And it's interesting because a lot of people don't understand. You have to be intentional about 
yes. making those decisions and about setting up the structure for you to the same thing you were talking about create the creative juices right and how you take a break and you have these ideas and you come up with the same thing had to be designed in my business models and my structure that would not that would allow me to not go back in that would allow yes. me to only be moving the needle so often i think in all of our lives in not even business everything we get so we're doing we're doing we're doing we're hitting we're moving and you're 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 doing good you're making progress right you're going you're going from base to base to base but then at a scale it becomes that going from base to base no longer works that's that that'll take you to 1 or 5 million or yeah, or 10 million as you know as i found but then all of a sudden and it took it takes so much energy to get to those bases it caps out and can never go and i was like i really got to figure out. And, and once again, too, I'm not there yet. I'm in the middle of it. But if I want to hit the 500 million, if I want to hit the billion, if I want to in, if I want to stretch my impact out in a way that can hit all these other people that can, you know, do and once again, like you're talking, this isn't money. These are just goal setting. Like these are yeah. just news, yeah. right. But the structure in order to build it out or to grow, I had to in, be very intentional about building that in. So the decisions I was making and the things that I were doing would maximize the model overall. But, you know, I, I just, you hit a thing. I'm like, I'm in the middle of that right now. Like, how do I, you know, how do I build this out? How do I do it? Because you also realize I can't do it alone. It's impossible. Yeah. You can't yep. create a billion dollar company. Mm -hmm. You can't have 700 employees and you be making decisions. You be making even decisions that are outrageously vital. At that size, there's thousands of decisions that are so vital in order to success, you can't make them all. So it's how does exactly. that process work and how does the approval work and who makes it and how do we guarantee success as well as quality in it? It just, that stuff to me is so fascinating because you're right. It's a whole new thing and it's a whole new level and it's an awesome challenge too. So yeah. no, that's which cool, is man. my next step. I'm super, I'm, I'm super excited for it. It's, it's, it's just like another skill to add, you know? Yes. Um, Exactly. I love the fact that I can't, I can't do it right now. Yeah. It's like, whoa, hell yeah. Let's go. Let's like, go. Let's I get love it there. not being able to do things, man. That's, so it, that's my next step. And then I think that'll free me up or who knows what that'll do, but also trying to keep in mind that like, I want to enjoy things. So yes. if I can get out of work every day at four o'clock and especially being in Montana, go do an adventure, whether we, we bike ride, we go for a drive, we go on the boat, we walk the dog on a trip, something. But I try to every day decide like, is today's, I'm going to do three hours of an outdoor activity and just really experience life. Because I think also, um, I think there's enough entrepreneurs out there that are showing everyone Lambos and doing stuff like that to be like, oh, this is the life. And I, I, I sort of, part of my, I think branding that I want to put out there of myself is like, well, no, like to me, hiking with your dog is really important or, yeah. you know, cutting your grass, the right lines in your grass or like whatever yep. gives you pride, um, simple, like riding dirt bikes or, you know, whatever. Yes. Um, I feel like I want to show a lot of people that I also want to show a lot of people that like I'm doing it with my wife, Yeah. you know, and, and, and she's a really good friend of mine. We get along yeah. fantastic. And, uh, I don't know. I, I feel like there's a lot of inspirational branding that I have to do on my own. And so that, that whole me, whether I go camping or what, whatever we do, I'm realizing that that's checking so many boxes. It's clearing my head. It's inspiring people. It's showing everyone a healthy life. Um, the old me where it was like, I looked, so I've lost 60 pounds. I mean, 
Rocky, you probably remember I was, oh, I yeah. was 310 for a Huge, while. Yeah. And I, dude, I was strong. Huge, yeah. When I was sleeping four hours a night. I was smoking at least a pack of black milds a day. Oh, wow. And I was just ripping. I was just like, I'm the hardest worker here. And it was like, it was true. But man, I don't know if I'd be okay right now. Yeah. So I'm realizing like my health is important to lead by example. And I, I feel like there's a whole different side of me that's, I don't want to say influencer based, but I feel like I, I need to lead a good example to show people. Cause I have a lot of entrepreneurial friends, like even Andy, yeah. every time I talk to Andy, he's like, man, he's like, I see you, you, I need to get the fuck out of my house. Like, I need to go start doing things. I see you doing these things. And like, I need, I can't just work all day and then not experience the upside to working, you know? Yeah. That, and that, I, that I feel like that's amazing. Yeah. Well, and, and I like too, that's part of my duty. It, it, yeah, I, and I'd agree with that. And that, I mean, influencing, you know, others and showing them the right way to go. It's interesting to talking to you. And what I love about this conversation is you see the evolution of entrepreneurship. You see the evolution and things like, you're right. When you get started, it's just, you're fighting. I mean, yeah. you're fighting against everything against you. And if you're not doubling your work and working twice as hard, you're not making it. If you're not no. sacrificing, if you're not doing it, because nobody's giving it to you. And if you don't cut a name for yourself, and if you don't do what others won't, you're not going to get it. But then those same things, though, also change in your business. Those don't scale businesses because that action is dependent on you. You're cutting and you're making it, which you have to do when you start. Then you move into the second phase, right? Where it's like, okay, now I need to, and like you were talking about, you're going, okay, I need to do all these other things. I need to leverage technology. I need to leverage people. And now you're building brands and you're making the right connections and you're, you're utilizing resources and different leverage to expand it. And then you kind of move up to the, this third phase, which you're entering in now, which is if I'm going to scale and if I'm going to scale big, then you, it's not dependent on you. And it's not even utilizing resources that you can leverage. Now it's about having other people leverage for you. And it's, yes. it's disassociating massively your time with actions and um, creating a system that can run apart from you autonomous grow and spread at mass and that is totally different that doesn't re if you're on a boat at night or in the office that doesn't change the fact whether you go to 10 to 100 million because no. you cannot get to that point by yourself so it's totally different and it's way more important the creative side it's way more important figuring out how do i make this work how do i mm -hmm. having this thought process and because you've done the hard work you have the base and the knowledge to do it. You can't skip that. You can't go straight to the scale part. To go through the that doesn't work. Yeah. You have to eat it. You have to earn it. You have to understand because then you know the system and what it takes. And then you can sit back and start making those decisions that are just super high impact. Um, this man, dude, I, I know we've taken a lot of your time. This podcast has just been phenomenal. And anybody listening to it, I mean, this is it's the playbook for entrepreneurship. I mean, look at your experience and where you're at and you have all the tools and everything. And it's going to be exciting to, to watch you just keep killing it and blow up. I Thanks mean, man. I mean, once again, you're just, you're, you're already, I'm excited. I'm excited to watch. I'm excited to watch you, both you guys, man. It's, it's, it's like this whole new world where I get to watch all these new people, you know, yeah. uh, the real estate's such an interesting, always changing. And, yes. you know, even like to learn the storage industry for me is, it's cool. It's yeah. a cool thing to learn. Um, there's a bunch of stuff I've never done before that like I'm excited to do. So 
it's it's fun man it's 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 awesome. it, the, the journey has to be fun you know yes. I mean? it's it's hard it's going to suck you're going to fight with your spouse you're going to run out of, yes. there's times when you're going to like not sleep that night because that thing in the pit of your stomach makes you like yes. i'm not going to make it and i'm going to let everyone down and then like you make it by it and that's even better like if you just i, I don't know there's so yes. many facets to this whole journey that like i'm just loving it like yeah. i'm loving all the downs i'm loving all the ups it's just fun man it's it's and it's my life now too you know yeah. um that's something i didn't touch on like my my vp the guy under me is my brother you know yeah. so i'm working with my brother and my wife that's like i'm working with my family and then yes. under that is austin and he feels like my family you know what i mean i was able to move my whole family to montana so it really separated that work-life balance too of like hey at five o'clock i leave and now i'm in real life yeah i was in work all day and, and now it's just like it's all meshed together and it's just this amazing journey of life and dude i I love it. Well, and that's I so important to understand it. too, because, you know, a lot of people ask, like, how do you measure work-life balance? And I'm like, there is none. what do you mean? That doesn't yeah, exist. This is my life. Yeah. My business yeah. partner's my dad, right? It's beautiful. We, exactly. I'm like, no, there is no, me and my wife, we, we worked, we have s the same goals. We don't work separate things. And then at five o'clock yeah. come together. That's not how it works. Yeah. No, yep. we're living our life. And with, when we progress our life, progresses mm -hmm. forward right and same thing the people that come in and they can attest right like the people that come in into my office whether it's rock whether it's connor connor whether it's jennifer whether it's these people i work for they're family and i and i i yeah. kind of i fault to that point where i'm like i either trust you unequivocally and i'll do anything for you or i don't even go there i don't like we don't need <laughs> yeah. to you know, like there's no point right and so you know when they come in you know, like rock, he's like, no, he's my brother. We're, we're, we're building yep. businesses together. We're doing things together and that doesn't stop and that doesn't end. It's not. And so once that becomes your life too, I think that takes, takes the ceilings off. It takes this idea yeah. of whether, you know, you're judging yourself. Am I doing this correctly? Is that good? No, it's I'm, if I excel in one aspect, all the others grow, all the others excel. Yeah. And that's, I, I think like you're talking about, that's where like happiness comes in. You feel whole. Yeah, it's fulfillment. It's fulfillment. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, dude. Hey, man, this has just been awesome. We're going to yeah. have you back again. Appreciate so it, you guys. can uh, tell, tell us about cool. how you've taken it to the next level and, and what to do. So <laughs> Give me a few months. <laughs> hey, sounds good, dude. Well, thanks again. And where, where should people, how can people find you, man? Um, I actually just got verified on Instagram today. Hey. So I got a blue, I got a blue check. Hey. Yeah, it's a really, really big time in my life. I need to celebrate. I'm going to go out to dinner tonight. There you go. Uh, yeah. But if you look up Rob Bailey or kill Rob Bailey, um, and then if you care enough, you can sort of find everything. Flagner fail is, uh, is there, you know, I post my brands. So killrobbailey.com I think is a hub for, you can see a little bit of everything. Awesome. Awesome. Perfect. Well, everybody go check it out. And, uh, thanks again, man. Appreciate it. Cool. Thanks, I appreciate bro. you guys. Thank yeah. you. See ya. Thanks, everyone, for listening to this episode of Cashflow to Freedom. Be sure to subscribe to us for more and feel free to check us out at Cashflow with the number 2freedom.com or find us on Instagram and Facebook. And also, if you could leave us a good review, that would really help us continue to build out our content and our community. Thank you so much.